13 minutes after 6 o'clock. It's the Fresh Breakfast Show. And today we are talking about the US and China, the problems in this relationship. It's quite a long-distance relationship, but somehow it affects all of us. Now, the US Commerce Department announced Monday that it had granted a 90-day license for mobile phone companies and internet broadband providers to work with Huawei to keep existing networks online and protect users from security risks. The exemption allows Google to send software updates to Huawei phones, which use its Android operating system uh, through to August the 19th. So on Sunday, Google said that it would cut ties with Huawei in order to comply with Washington's decision to put China's telecom giant on the so-called entity list. So late last week, the Commerce Department added Huawei and 68 other entities to an export blacklist, rendering it practically impossible for the Chinese company to purchase goods made in the U.S. And it's quite interesting. If you check out some of the tweets that are coming out where they say, why is America afraid of Huawei? And people are showing video footage of the Zoom quality. It's almost like uh, something that maybe a sniper could use and they are accusing it of being security issues. So we're joined on the line this morning by former U.S. diplomat Brooke Spector is going to tell us why this affects us. Why is it our problem? A very good uh, afternoon to you, Brooke. What time is it there? Good afternoon. Hey, I'm here in Johannesburg. Oh, you're in Johannesburg. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. It's 6.15 in the morning, and I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what my name is. (laughs) There we go. All right, so why should we give a damn about what is happening between China and the U.S.? Well, I mean, the simple answer to your question is that, to a very considerable degree, the two economies are increasingly integrated. I mean, yes, Huawei is a Chinese company, but it depends still on a variety of components that are only made in the United States to make Huawei's products, uh, as well as some of the other companies uh, that produce things like uh, routers and uh, 5G uh, network equipment. I know we don't have 5G in, in South Africa yet, but we at some point we will. Um, by the same token, the American company, um, American consumers, South African consumers, uh, my household, uh, I have a Huawei phone and I have a Chinese-made router. Mm-hmm. So I'm dependent to some degree on the ability of these two large economies to, to stop banging heads against each other. Mm. Uh, and if you have a pension, if you have any investment, if you own a share of stock, uh, you are dependent to a considerable degree on the stability of the global economy, not shaking your investments, your your pension uh, investments, uh, because when the uh, the world economy is in trouble, all of those numbers, all those uh, balances uh, fluctuate or fall, and then it hurts it hurts you too. So it, it's clearly in the interest of consumers uh, in South Africa, just as it is in China or the United States, that this come to a, a successful conclusion. Mm. And successful means basically that both sides get something that they wanted out of this. Mm. Do we even remember the genesis of this trade war? Well, I mean, it, the genesis, it, it, you can trace it back really um, to oh, let's say, Dian Xiaoping's time as a head of the Chinese government. Uh, if you remember, uh, post the Tiananmen Square uh, troubles, 
uh, Deng Xiaoping liberalized the Chinese economy, mm. allowed for, allowed international, uh, sorry, uh, domestic companies uh, to uh, expand and to grow uh, internationally, and opened the Chinese economy to some considerable degree to foreign companies. And that had an explosive effect on the Chinese economy. Uh, Chinese business became not something that you occasionally saw in some small store somewhere, but making the kinds of products that uh, we run into all the time every day, even when we don't know we're using them. Mm. And as a result, uh, the Chinese economy became increasingly integrated into the rest of the world's economy. But the complaint by foreign business, the complaint by not just American foreign business, but many foreign businesses, was that the, the Chinese business practices uh, were predatory, were uh, unfair, did not follow the rules. They didn't, they, you know, they they had too many players on the field, in effect, uh, for for the one side. Uh, and ex- the, one of the arguments was that they would reverse engineer a product, a good product that people wanted, and they would figure out how it was put together and then use the, the, the understanding of that to create their own industrial equivalent of that. And that violated the copyrights and the patents and the terms of, uh, of use of all kinds of different products is the argument. Mm. And also, uh, when foreign businesses invested in China, uh, there was often a f- regulations that to, to open up a shop in China, you had to issue, uh, you had to work with Chinese businesses so that they actually owned a, a goodly share of the, of the investment. Uh, there were, in other words, there were all kinds of ways in which the, the Chinese operated, which were in, in, that were very different and in violation in some cases to the way business was practiced or should have been practiced elsewhere. Um, there were also charges that uh, the banking industry was directed by the government and the state-owned banks then uh, gave preference to investment in their in their process of of working. So that was the that that was the beginnings of the argument. Mm. Um, now, I mean, it, it's also true that there there was woven into that. Uh, and let's be fair, there was a certain amount of uh, envy and jealousy that such business was doing well so quickly. Mm, mm. But there was also, um, at least in more recent times, a, a growing fear on the part of American government that the uh, Chinese defense uh, de- deployment, the Chinese defense industry, the Chinese military become becoming stronger and more threatening and how shall we say it uh, the kind of thing that might upset the strategic balance yeah they're becoming too big too fast thank you which is a which is a problem <laughs> and I think when we come back from this break Brooke I want to ask you if um, this particular ban is directed at Huawei or it's a general thing and Huawei happens to fall into the category
And, and I think also as important uh, is why is Trump escalating it mm-hmm. at the levels that he is mm-hmm. when previous presidents worked? There's, there's always, always a diplomatic solution, but Trump is ready to fight with everyone. Brooke Spector, when we return. Hey, everybody, morning. let's kick it off in, uh, well, Soweto this morning, some protesting along the Flamini area. Uh, traffic. Thank you, Rob Busy. We'll chat to you in about uh, 20 minutes. It's time for Socials with Sol Penduka. 6.45, hashtag mad about Africa. Today we're talking about the trade war between China and America. Why should we give a damn? How will it affect us? Um, I know for a fact that uh, a lot of Huawei uh, smartphone users have also been in a panic uh, because of uh, the repercussions of this current trade war. We're going to be chatting to Stuff Magazine editor Craig Wilson when we're done with former U.S. diplomat Brooks Specter. Brooks, welcome back. Yeah, well, I'm still here. <laughs> so, somebody says your name sounds like a name of a character in The Bold and the Beautiful, Brooks Spector. <laughs> oh, I wish I got paid like that. <laughs> so, so, Brooks, we established that the trade war goes back to the late 80s, early 90s between the U.S. and, uh, and China. But it's always been a borderline healthy tension. But Trump has escalated it. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think there are two reasons for it. Um, one, and, you know, bear with me on this, I, I actually think Donald Trump doesn't understand the nature of international trade very well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, I worked for the government for a long time, and you have to defend it then, but, I mean, I have to be an honest responder now. Uh, I, I, he, he really has a, a much older idea that if one side wins, the other side inevitably loses. Exactly. In other words, it's sort of like there's a wall between two countries and the Chinese are busy throwing products uh, over the wall and the Americans are busy shoveling money the other direction. Uh, and it's as if the, the two sides have no interconnection except for that, that one electronic gear, a Huawei phone, take for example, yes. or a, a Huawei router or a, a, one of the other companies. Um, it depends on integrated circuits that are manufactured by American companies for it to be fully operational. Um, by the same token, if you buy an iPhone, um, it's, it's largely uh, usually made in a Chinese factory, mm. but the software and all of the um, those special integrated circuits, those are made in American companies in America, shipped to the factory, and put together with other components and other parts that are made in that country. Um, now, the other example that people uh, often talk about is if you know if you're in the business of buying an Airbus, uh, the parts, the components of an Airbus until the wing is made, together with all the other parts that have been made all over the place before it's finally put together. Yeah. So the, the little label that's inside that says. This airplane made, you know, made in France, uh, actually should say this airline made in 26 countries. Absolutely. Wow. So, in closing, um, Donald Trump calls you this morning to say, "Listen, I need your advice. What should I do? What advice would you give him?" Uh, I well, I do two things. I think uh, apart from I, jump I, off I a cliff, <laughs> or shut up, or shut up. <laughs> yeah, apart from asking him to jump off a cliff, what else would you advise him to do? Um, I, well, I would I, I'd, I'd say please put down your your handheld electronic device and stop sending off uh, a storm of tweets because it is it doesn't help. Um, and I, I I would add that 
if you have a message, make it crystal clear. Yes. What is it that you expect the Chinese or any other trade partner, for that matter, what is it you expect of them other than simply throwing up their hands and saying, I surrender, you have everything, I have nothing? So. Um, the, I, I just close on this, and I, I was opening, I was looking at a, um, uh, the Washington Post, which is a major newspaper in the United States, on my Huawei phone, God help us. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, the lead story is, in fact, on this trade conflict, and what it says is that although it, it, it began, in effect, as a trade conflict, as a trade war, it's now... Let me just read you the the operative sentence, if I might, if I can make the machine work again before they make it not work anymore. Maybe it's time. They're for, listening. It's They're time listening. for an iPhone, maybe. <laughs> okay, it, 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 it's just a short sentence. It says, "President Trump's decision to confront Beijing over policies that he says discriminate against foreign companies and distort global markets has become a battle for control of advanced communication and computing technologies." In other words, it started as one thing. And it is now becoming a very different kind of uh, of discussion, of conflict, and the debate about what the shape of our international computing and communications universe is going to look like going forward. So it's almost like uh, we're reliving the space race of the 60s, pretty much. In a way, yeah, except that the, the U.S. and the Russian technologies uh, in the space race didn't meet together. There, yes. there wasn't much... Um, trade between the two countries, and there certainly was no trade in uh, rocket components or uh, space technology. Absolutely. Uh, that is uh, Brooks Spector. Uh, he is a former U.S. diplomat and a U.S. foreign policy expert. Brooks, as always, thank you very much for your time.